Welcome to Calvary Chapel Elizabeth City's online sermon series. Join us this week as we continue through the Calvary Distinctives with Pastor John Barrera. Hey, before we get started with this morning's message, two additional things. Um, in regards to the uh, Operation Christmas Child boxes, uh, Grace is, our sister Grace is the uh, go-to person and she, this morning during prayer, she said, John, I need you to convey this message. And she looked at me deeply in my eyes and said, you must convey this. I'm like, sister, I will do my best. And uh, here's the message. Uh, not this week, but next week, two weeks, they are due. Because we want to get them off, get them properly shipped. So thank you. Uh, as, uh, as Grace Stephens is our go-to person, and she's been doing it faithfully for so many years, um, it's, we've always, it's always a blessing because there's a good response. And we want to make sure that we get those out in a timely manner. So not this Sunday, but the following Sundays, two Sundays from now, they are due. Okay, if you have any questions, see uh, Grace. And she said, yes, Jim. Oh, did I say, see? All right, next Sunday, next Sunday, see? Thank you. I told, I told them, too, if I, if, I, if I mess up, to stop me. So God bless you. Thank you for that. Thank you, the 19th. Thank you, Brother Ray. Telling you, see? Oh, my goodness. And then the other thing, a little bit more uh, serious, uh, are uh, in regards to our, our dear uh, Cartwright family, our brother Walter. I don't know if you all may know, but he was involved in a serious accident. Um, he required to be airlifted. Now, we were able to get an update this morning um, that he continues to recover, but a long recovery it will be. Um, to my understanding, there's several uh, broken bones. Um, it, it was a serious fall, but the Lord is good and the Lord is merciful. And so... Uh, the next few moments, we're going to pray. We're going to pray specifically that the Lord would continue to heal him and strengthen him. And you know that the injury just isn't on him, but the family's hurting as well. Pray for Valerie. Pray for Brittany. Pray for the entire family circle that God's peace and strength would sustain them during this difficult time. Also, we know our dear brother is a businessman. He's a, a farmer. And so, you know what? Uh, he is involved daily in the, the affairs of his business. And so we, we pray that the Lord will continue to sustain that. Our God is strong. Our, there is nothing difficult that uh, our God cannot handle. And so let's just take a few moments. And would you please join me in prayer specifically for the Cartwright family? Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your grace. Lord, we thank you for your sovereignty. We thank you for your providence, Lord. Lord, uh, we thank you, Lord, that you you chose to to spare Walter, Lord. Uh, Lord, uh, when we take in consideration the the gravity of the injuries, Lord, um, he could have gone home to be with you, Lord, and yet, Lord, you have allowed him to to be alive, Lord, and you allowed him to you you kept him, Lord, and. Lord, we pray, Lord, and we thank you, first of all, Lord. We thank you that you're a good God, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that it is a, a difficult road up ahead, Lord, and that I pray you would sustain him. Lord, I pray that your spirit would just minister to him, Lord, that you would raise his countenance, Lord, that you would lift his head, and knowing that, Lord, that you've got everything. You're in control. Lord, I also pray for Valerie, and I pray for Brittany. 
Lord, I know it must be difficult to see just uh, dear Walter in, in the state, Lord. May you comfort them, Lord. May you give them peace, Lord, the peace that the world does not understand, knowing, Lord, that you are God and that you will sustain them by your mighty right arm. Lord, we love that dear family, Lord, and Father, it uh, breaks our heart, Lord. And so, Lord, we know, we look to you, Lord. We, it's natural for us to ask the why questions or how come. But, Lord, what we will do is declare that you are God, Lord, and we will declare your goodness. And we, will, and we declare, Lord, that all things work according to your good, Lord, and your purpose, Lord. So we lift up Walter, we lift up Valerie, we lift up Brittany, we lift up our brother's business. We lift up the entire Cartwright family to you right now, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So this morning, I got to confess to you, this morning is going to be fun <laughs> because uh, Pastor John has asked me to go through the Calvary distinctives and staying in order. We are t- on chapter two, church government. Now, now let me give you a little background if I may. As you all know, I am a mailman. Okay. Every two years and every four years, being a letter carrier, there is a season where even my most beloved customers will give me the eye roll, will give me the the sigh of despair, will we'll actually even just, uh, just raise our hands and go, why, John? I'm talking about political season. I'm talking about having to deliver all those political flyers, you know, vote for candidate A, go vote for candidate B, don't, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You, and so many times my customer said, John, why? Why do you have to give me this mail? I'm simply the messenger. Let's face it. You know, and actually, I'll be honest with you. In my career in the Postal Service, I have never, ever had anyone go, dude, where, I didn't get my political mail. Where, where, where's my political mail? And if that's you, I want to pray for you. Please stand up right now. <laughs> but to my knowledge, no one has asked that. Because let's face it, government, uh, especially uh, now in this modern age, right now in 2023, isn't really the most popular thing to talk about. In fact, government is pretty has a negative connotation. And I, I got to be honest with you, as I'm preparing for this message, you know, uh, it's one thing when you could talk about, you know, the, the acts of the Holy Spirit, you know, or my, David and his mighty warriors and, you know, the perils of Joseph. But church government, it's like, whoo, Lord, help me. I'm like, okay, Lord, uh, we got to, Lord, I need you. I need you. This is going to be interesting. I mean, Lord, do you want me to do, like, bring sock puppets? Lord, I got to make this entertaining. I got to, I got to, not entertaining, but I got to make this engaging because let's face it, church government or government isn't the most exciting topic. But, but in all seriousness, though, it matters to God. So look, if it matters to the Lord, uh, we got to talk about it. Um, in fact, I would be doing a disservice. I would be in disobedience if I failed to sh- talk about what's in God's word. So this morning, yes, we are going to be talking about church government. And we're going to be talking about Calvary Chapel's distinctive, what how we structure church government. But uh, before I go to that point, I'm going to lay down the foundation. So what I'm going to do this morning for you note takers out there is we're just simply going to uh, talk about the, the basic forms of church government. And then we're going to see, biblically, there's two offices 
uh, that scripture mentions about within church government. And then third, we're going to talk about Calvary Chapel's di distinctive, what, how, we, uh, how we conduct ourselves in the church government. Before we do, let's please join me in prayer. Father, this is your word, Lord, and we thank you, Lord. Uh, this is important to you, Lord, and so prepare our hearts. Lord, I know that uh, talking about church government, we may be inclined to fall asleep or think about that chicken sandwich waiting for us at home, or we may be, uh, our, our minds may be prone to wander, Lord, but Lord, I ask us that you keep us focused, and Lord, I ask for your spirit to fall on me, Lord, that uh, it's not about fun and games, Lord, but this is your word, Lord, but I need your Holy Spirit, Lord, to help me so that I can clearly and accurately talk about how you feel about this, Lord. Uh, I need your Holy Spirit, Lord, and I have confidence, Lord, that uh, your Spirit will empower me, Lord, as well as you'll prepare our hearts this morning. We thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. All right. So I guess, you know, uh, now that I gave you that preface, um, uh, we're, let's go ahead and get started. Now, first things first. Okay. The Lord is very clear in his word, okay, that he desires his church to be organized and managed. 1 Corinthians 14.33 tells us that. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the meetings of God's holy people. So again, hey, this matters to God. Our God is a God of order. All right. So now that we got that established... Another thing we need to understand and accept is Christ is the head of the church and its supreme authority. I'm going to give you some scriptures for that. Ephesians 1.22, Ephesians 4.15, Colossians 1.18. Uh, Colossians 1.18. And I'm looking at the clock for, for I'm going to go ahead and just give you the verses. Please, on your own time, look up the scriptures for, just for time. Um, again, if you're not a note taker, our brother James does a wonderful job of getting the messages on our website. So uh, feel free to access the website anytime uh, to, to hear the messages again. All right. Now, so we got that established. We know, we know that our God is a God of organization. He wants us to be organized. We also know that Christ is the head of the church. Okay, good. We got that established. Now we're going to talk about the three basic forms of church government. All right, here we go. I feel like this is kind of like a civics class. Remember that in high school? You know, church go you know, government. All right. The first type of government that we see in Scripture it's ruled by a bishop or single overseer. The word for that is episcopus. Let me spell that. E-P-I-S-K-O-P-O-S. Episcopus. If you're thinking, hey, you know what? That name kind of sounds familiar. Where have I heard that word before? Well, you've, if you've heard of the Episcopal Church, that's where it comes from. And all of that means is that the, the church government is simply ruled by a bishop slash overseer. Okay. Where do we see that in scripture? Well, first Timothy one three. No. First No first Does it? Thank you. Okay. All righty. 
All right, first Timothy, yeah. And then First Peter 2.25. First Peter 5, verse 1 through 4. And again, that type of government, episcopos, means a single bishop or overseer. The second type of church government, whereas episcopos is a single overseer or bishop, the second group is ruled by a group of gifted men or elders, and that is presbyteros. Presbyteros. I'm going to spell it out. P-R-E-S-B-Y-T-E-R-O-S. And again, if you're thinking, hey, if that has a familiar ring, where have I heard that? Presbyterian Church. Again, that church is ruled by a group, plural. Okay? Scripture for that is Acts 14.23. All right. One more. The third one is called the Congregational Rule. And I uh, got some bad news. There, there's no scriptures indicating uh, anything good about it. In fact, uh, right, the scriptures that do talk about it, it's not good. <laughs> Exodus 16.2 and Numbers 14.1 through 3. And what a congregational rule is, is, sounds exactly like it says. It's, it's the congregation ruling. Uh, basically, uh, like I said, not a whole lot of good to say. Um, it's a great source for murmuring and uprising. Uh, because really, when you're dealing with the congregational ruling, it's, it's those desiring to govern themselves. The congregational rule wants to choose the leaders. Now, look, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. Look, at a democratic, democratic republic may be good for a country, but it's not good for God's church. All right. So, Quay, let's, let's recap. Number one, God is a God of order. Christ is the head of the church. And then the three types of church government, episcopus, which is a single leader, presbyteros, group of leaders, and congregational, no good. Okay. <laughs> Are we good so far? Do I need to bust out with a sock puppet? We, you're, you're tracking with me, right? We're good. Okay. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. Now, here we go. So now we laid down the three types of governments. Now, in the New Testament, there are two biblical offices, positions. The first one is known as the elder. The role of the elder is to, they look after the spiritual needs. Basically, preach the word and pray. We see that in 2 Timothy 4.2, right, Tim? All right. 2 Timothy 4.2. So, since the word elder is, is usually found in the plural in the New Testament, it seems that the church normally has a plurality of elders. Now, please note, now, I don't want to confuse you, but I do need to share this. In case the wheels are starting to spin, even within scripture, the terms elder, bishop, and pastor 
are used interchangeably in Scripture. Okay, I want to lay that. I want to make sure that you're, you're, you're aware of that because we're going to talk about that a little later and where, how those interchangeability affects us. All right. Uh, for scripture for elders, Acts 14.23 as well. And then the second type of office within the church is deacons. Now, if the elders look after the spiritual needs of the church, well, guess what? The roles of the deacon, they look after the physical needs, the tangible needs, the logistical needs. They're appointed to take care of everything else. Now, in, in the modern church, that could be anything from the administration. It can be from the, the, the church uh, maintenance. It can be, uh, you know, helping people fix a car, uh, mowing a lawn. I mean, it, 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 just, it just varies. And it depends on the needs and the gifts of the available men. Now, in regards to deacons, Scripture does give us qualifications. And that's found in 1 Timothy 3, 8 through 13. I'll say that again. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 8 through 13. And if you want scripturally to see the, the purpose of deacons, we have that in Acts 6. Now, for you Bible students out there, you're like, wait a minute, the word deacon doesn't appear in that. Well, it is a verb to serve and to minister. Actually, the word is diakonio, D-I-A-K-O-N-E-O, which is found in Acts 6.2. All right, so we got elders, we got deacons. Elders preach and pray, deacons Everything else. Y'all with me? We good? Okay, y'all doing good. I guess I can put away my sock puppet. I was ready to bring it out. I'm telling you. All right. So, 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 so far we talked about the uh, forms of church government and the offices seen in scripture. But we got to acknowledge this. And Pastor Chuck acknowledges this in the book. The New Testament doesn't give a clear preference on which government is best. Episcopos? Pres well, what's presby oh my goodness, I'm drawing a blank. Pre thank you. You know, we actually see them used both. We see examples of both in scripture. And we also see that the, like I was saying earlier, that the New Testament does show that the words bishops and elders and pastors, they're, they're, they're used interchangeably. So what, what can we glean from that? But there's a lot. Look it. It is not wise to get dogmatic on the titles. See, and that's what we want to realize is that there is one church in Christ spiritually, but the church is so different and comes in different shapes and sizes all over the world. Now, give you an example. In Africa, where there is a shortage of, of Christian teachers, it is not uncommon for a, one pastor to, to pastor over five different congregations throughout the land. Well, why? Because there's just a shortage. There's, there's not enough people. And then you can go to the the opposite side, where, you know, in modern America, you know, in a big metropolitan city, hey, there is a church that has the pastoral leadership team the size of a small rural church. And, and so, so, you know, the, it's everything in between. 
And basically with that, the that's why we don't want to get hung up on, on the titles uh, in, in the format. The Lord, this is an example of the Lord's Holy Spirit just being able to work individually in a church. And we acknowledge that. We acknowledge that no church, no two churches are alike. And you know, there's no cookie cutter formula. Uh, the spirit flows and we follow his lead. So when it comes to, oh, wait, 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 wait. Let me, let me go back to this. Um, in conclusion, when it comes to the church government and the titles, and as we compare it to scripture, I want to leave you with this quote that I heard on a podcast talking about Calvary Chapel distinctives. Vagueness is just as intentional as exactness. Let me say that one more time. Vagueness is just as intentional as exactness. And what that does, again, um, because of that, the, it's not specifically mentioned on, well, this is a, build, a bishop, this is an elder, this is a pastor, they need to do this and that. There is that freedom for that church in that local area to see, to do according to the Lord. So again, that flexibility, that's a leading by the Holy Spirit, and that ultimately, at the end of the day, we want to be led. We desire to be led by the Holy Spirit. All right, so, whoo, how y'all doing good? All right, I didn't see any eyes roll at the back of the head. I didn't see anyone nod off. I didn't hear any snoring. Well done. All right, let's go. No, 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 just kidding. We know we're almost there. We're almost there. Okay, so now we, we lay down that, that, that groundwork. Okay, now it's time. Let's bring it closer to home. When it comes to church government, here is our distinctive. If you call Calvary Chapel your home church, this is how we, this is what we believe in regards to church government. You ready? Here we go. Taken from our website. Yes, you can go to our website and you will see this. In Calvary Chapel, we believe that the senior pastor is ruled by the Lord and aided by the board of directors to discover the mind and the will of Jesus Christ for his church. Complementing the senior pastor are the assistant pastors who minister to the spiritual need of the congregation on a daily basis. All right, so y'all get that? Again, feel free to take a look at our website. Uh, if you want more information on the bigger scope, feel free to visit Calvary Chapel Association, CCA, uh, where it's broken down. Now, we believe, uh, basically, we believe that there is a biblical model for the Episcopal's form of church government. This is not a study in Revelation given exclusively to Pastor Chuck. No, 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 no. But what Chuck acknowledges is that we see a model demonstrated in Scripture. And you probably heard this term. It's called the Moses model of church leadership. How many people have heard of that? The Moses model of church leadership. If you have not heard of it, that's okay. We're going to talk about that this morning. So Calvary Chapel, we, uh, we ascribe to the Moses model of church leadership. What that means, it's basically leadership structure based on the example of Moses' leadership in the Old Testament. Here's how it works. In the Old Testament, God established what we call a theocracy. A theocracy is a fancy word meaning ruled by God. Okay? The form of government ruled by God. Basically this, God put Moses in charge. God listens to Moses, relayed God's message to the people under him. 
let me give you uh, scriptural proof. Please see Exodus 18, verses 15 to 16. Okay, so here's what that means. Moses was a spokesman for God, the teacher of the law, and the intercessor between the children of Israel and God. The Moses model of church leadership says that the pastor should be like Moses in that they speak for God, teach the word, and intercede on behalf of their people. The pastor listens to Jesus and leads the church accordingly. Okay, we good? Now wait, there's more. The Moses model of leadership also calls for a board of elders because the work of governing is a lot. There's a lot going on. And we see that in scripture that Moses was consumed. Not only was he seeking the Lord and, and you know, communicating with the Lord in regards to governing the people, but when he came off the mountain, he had to deal with the people, their, their affairs, needing you know, to judge. And you know that's a lot for one person. So we see in, in Scripture that uh, because his work was time-consuming, Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, gave him some pretty good advice, and which Moses wisely followed. We see that in Exodus 18, verse 25 and 26. So basically what we're saying is this. The Moses model of church leadership says that a board of elders should support the should support the pastor in prayer and in taking some of the work of the ministry. Moses style, you know, the, the pastor will delegate authority to the leaders. He chooses to be under him. All right. So there is the, the, the definition uh, of Moses model leadership. Uh, we ascribe to that. We adhere to that at Calvary Chapel. Now, now let's talk about real life applications of this thing that we call the Moses model. Okay, all right. Our senior pastor should have the freedom to le be led by the Spirit. We want our senior pastor to be governed by the Holy Spirit, not people. Why? Well, let's be honest. Let's be real. People as well-meaning can be roadblocks. Even the best person with, with well-intentions may not have that heart of a shepherd. They may not have the heart for the church. They see things in their paradigm of, of something affecting them, but cannot see the, the big picture of the church. And that's understandable because, well, God didn't give that to that person. God gave that, that, that heart of a shepherd to the, the pastor. And, and honestly, people may not understand what the Holy Spirit is doing. You know, and, and throughout church uh, history, you know, people have been, people can say, you can't do that. You can't do this. You can't do that. Hey, here's a good example. Remember the Jesus Revolution movie as the, um, as the hippies were starting to come? Was he met with enthusiasm by the people portrayed as the board, the leaders? No, no, they, they gave him a hard time. He, he wanted to, uh, you know, he, wanted, he was wanting to make room for them, and they didn't think they belonged. See, there is a difference between being spirit-led and then being people-led. Now, now, here's the thing. The board of the board of elders, the board of men, does not take the precedence 
of the leadership of the pastor. The board provides wisdom, insight, counsel, and, make, and helps make decisions. But ultimately, at the end of the day, the, the pastor, the senior pastor leadership takes precedence. Also, the board is good because they help the senior pastor maintain accountability and integrity, but they do not usurp the leadership of the senior pastor. And we also believe within Calvary Chapel, we noticed that we saw the Moses model, that everything was done in-house. The Lord spoke to Moses. Moses, by the counsel of Jethro, appointed the leaders. It was all within the tribe of Israel. It was all within the house. They didn't go to an outside source. They didn't go to an outside tribe for counsel. Everything stayed within. And so, too, with Calvary Chapel, we adhere to that. Now, I see, you're probably thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Sounds like the Moses model puts the pastor on some type of pedestal. You know, sometimes the, the Moses model is criticized because of the perceived lack of accountability. We've heard that before. And, and if I'm going to be real with you. If you go to the website, those who oppose Calvary Chapel, I'm just being straight with you, will say that. That they oppose Calvary Chapel because the Moses model, in their opinion, is flawed. It lacks accountability. It gives the pastor a uh, check for a carte blanche, that they can do whatever they want. You know, other critics have said, well, this will cause pastors to abuse their authority. After all, if they are like Moses, they can lay down the law and everyone must toe the line. And the board of elders, well, they're just nothing but yes men, approving whatever the pastor says. And the congregation has no say at all in anything. Well, another, you know, other critics of the Moses model say, hey, you know what? It causes the pastor to be prideful, especially the pastor who gets too many compliments on how good his services or messages. It's going to go to his head. It's going to cause him to abuse his power. And look, I'm going to be honest with you. Those are valid concerns. Okay. Uh, let's not let's not let's not tiptoe. Let's not pretend those are valid concerns. Here's what Pastor Chuck is not saying. He's not saying that senior pastors are exempt from biblical correction because they are. Uh, there has been numerous times in, in Calvary Chapel where pastors were removed were, were removed for either sin. Uh, abuse um, for things that were hurting the, the flock. There was accountability. And see, that's where the board comes in. It's not an island to themselves. And that's, and again, from people who see Calvary Chapel from the outside looking in, I, I, can, I, can, I can appreciate that, honestly. I, I can appreciate the, those who have legitimate concerns. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we're going to do what Scripture says. All right, scripture gives us the qualifications for elders, for those who desire to serve. So we're not going to step outside of the parameters of Scripture. And, you know, going back to uh, the senior pastors, I want to make clear. We are not saying... The senior pastors is Moses and has the mouth of Moses and must never be talked about. 
we don't, we don't believe the pastor occupies that same identical spiritual authority that Moses occupies, but rather the model of leadership worked very well. And that's what we're implementing. Look, how do we know that? Well, if anyone has ever disagreed with Pastor John, the ground has not opened up and swallowed you, right? No, right? And for anyone who's ever vocally disagreed with Pastor John, you've never put your hands in your pocket and come out and then they had leprosy, right? No, no, no. See, what, what, what I'm, the point I'm trying to illustrate is this. Uh, people look at Mo- Moses was in a unique situation called by God at a, sp- a unique time to build the nation of Israel and had a unique communion with God. We're not saying the senior pastor is a carbon copy of Moses where we cannot speak negative. We cannot challenge him. The ground will not swallow us up if we differ in opinion. We will not get leprosy on the hands if we don't agree with him. Okay, But what we are saying is that model worked. The Lord spoke with Moses. So too the Lord speaks with Pastor John King. The Lord, uh, by the council of Jethro, the Lord established his, uh, his, uh, the elders. The, through Calvary Chapel, Elizabeth City, there are a board of elders that come alongside Pastor John and pray for him, hold him accountable, and discuss the difficult, logistical, intangible decisions that are, are difficult. Look, hey, look. A little confession time. I had in, in my training, I had the opportunity to sit in on a board meeting just because Pastor John thought it was good, just, just to be exposed to it and see. Let me tell you this, okay? And I'm not doing this because no one slipped me in 20 and said, hey, talk good about me. Come on. But I marveled at the wisdom of those men. In that meeting, no one was like, oh, whatever you want to do, Pastor John. Oh, no. Yeah, that's wonderful. Hey, we'll, we'll, we'll approve a new Rolls Royce for you. You want that Rolex? Yeah. No. No, no, no. In fact, I happened to be on that particular meeting. There was some, some business decisions in regards to spending for plumbing upgrades. Uh, and, and, and again, nothing exciting like, ooh, you know, heart's not going to race about septic tanks. But let me tell you, behind the scenes, there is the need of wisdom. And I marveled at those men as they were able to counsel and give insight to Pastor John. And collectively, you know, a, 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 a decision was made. And what was cool about it was not only seeing the wisdom, but seeing the heart. Everyone in one heart, one accord, praying, lift going before the Lord. So if I can go on a side tangent real quick, pray. Not only should we be praying for our pastor, but please pray for our board of elders. These are godly men that have been given wisdom and discernment. And as the, so too Jethro's counsel to Moses, the Lord has brought these men to come alongside our pastor. And again, they're not yes men, but they, 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 do, they talk about logistics, the tangible information, as well as ensuring that our pastor is uh, maintaining integrity and accountability. And it's, it's, it's a good thing because we don't want to be a church that has abuse because abuse is out there. Look, uh, like I said, going back to that, um, 
Pastors have sinned. Pastors have abused their power and, and influence. Pastors have become spiritual bullies. Pastors have the ability to lose their godly character. And the reality, people in spiritual authority can sin. Our leaders are not exempt. Our leaders are just as human as all of us. So it is so important to please keep our leaders in prayer. So I get it, man. Look, look, I get it. Uh, I have talked to people who, who've been hurt by bad church experience. Uh, Calvary Chapel and non-Calvary Chapel. And that, oh, that's another point I want to make. The, the critics uh, that talk about the, the, the issues with the Moses style, that actually, let's be honest, let's be truthful. Those things that happen, the abuse, happens in all churches, even outside of Calvary Chapel. So let's be fair. Well, we want to acknowledge the, the validity of the complaint, but let's keep it real and keep it fair that this happens on all churches. And look at no church authority can prevent this. Look at we're sinners. We are sinful. Um, so that is why we, evermore we have to be in prayer. Okay. Um, scripture has laid out the, 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 the way that we're supposed to conduct ourselves as a church government. We don't want to step outside of Scripture. Scripture is clear. But authority and trust for the leadership of the church should be found in the elders and not outside of it. Let me give you proof for that. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 12 and 13. And I got a couple from Hebrews. Ready? Hebrews 13 through 7. And then 17 to 24. All right. So, whoo, y'all did good. Y'all did really good. Thank you. Yeah, I know. I know. Christian civics. Again, uh, you know, I'd rather be talking about, you know, uh, uh, Elijah. And I'd rather be talking about, you know, uh, what's some other exciting ones in the Bible? Well, there's, trust me, there's more exciting stuff to talk about than church government. But again, it's necessary. Um, I, I hope, if anything, that you've come away with just a basic understanding uh, of, of the types of governments that are found in Scripture, okay? The types of offices. And the reason why here at Calvary Chapel we're not so hung up on titles is the vagueness and interchangeability that's used in Scripture. Uh, and so we want to acknowledge that, just like Pastor Chuck does. We want to acknowledge that. And, and again, a church that is being led by the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit doesn't do cookie cutter. God doesn't copy and paste. He does a new fresh work in every one of his churches. All right. Recap of, of what we believe. A godly man is called by the Lord. He is gifted and empowered by the Holy Spirit. He is directed to start a work. That godly man begins that work in faith. God in time brings along a team of other men to help him in that work. Like those that the Lord brought, they come alongside. Think about that. Think about the example of Moses. Think about David and his mighty men. Think about Paul, Titus, and all them. These are people that, that surrounded Moses, that surrounded David, that surrounded Paul. These men that came alongside didn't look to replace his work 
usurped their work, but God brought them along as a given addition to help already what the Lord is doing, the Lord's work. And so what we can do, again, I'm gonna, I want to close with this. Now, you know, understanding leadership, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but it bears repeating. Pray for Pastor John. Pray for our pastor. Pray for our board of elders. Pray for our church leadership. We've got de- deacons who, who, who serve the Lord, don't want, who don't want to be seen. They quietly under behind the scenes, but they serve the Lord faithfully. Pray for our ministry leaders. And lastly, you can pray for the assistant pastor too. I'll take your prayers. No, no, I would appreciate it. Okay. Basically, we're going to cover this in the next Calvary Chapel Distinctive. But as we see, as we do church and church leadership biblically, biblically, you know, we always, 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 always want to be led by the Holy Spirit because it's Jesus' church. He is a supreme authority. Amen? Father, we just thank you for this time, Lord. And Lord, we thank you for allowing us to get through this topic, Lord. And uh, Lord, we know it was necessary. And Lord, there is wisdom, Lord, that to glean from this. Lord, you've given us insight, Lord, of how you want us to do your church, how you want us to conduct ourselves, how what you expect from leaders. And Lord, thank you, Lord, for revealing that to us. Now, Lord, we can pray and support and love our leaders. And also, like Pastor Chuck was saying, Lord, Lord, that our, our leaders are not untouchable. But Lord, I pray that our leaders would have be humble, maintain the humility, maintain that approachability. Lord, that we would continue ultimately at the end of the day to bring glory and honor to you. That is our desire, is to bring glory to you, Lord. We thank you for this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today for Calvary Chapel Elizabeth City's online sermon series. Join us next week as we continue through the Bible, book by book, verse by verse, line by line. God bless.